morning, everybody. This Shabbos is Parshas Vayishlach. This week's Parshas is Parshas Vayishlach. And uh, the fourth Ali of Parshas Vayishlach, Yishlach is, of course, after the hiatus of Parshas Vayetze, if you can call it that. Uh, Yaakov and Esav are born and begin their tension and competition even before they're bar- born, but throughout Parshas Toldos, the fight over the Bechor, over the Brachos, and then in Parsha Vayetze, Yaakov Inu leaves. He leaves to get away from Esav and Esav's wrath. And the whole Parsha Vayetze is spent away from Esav, dealing instead with Lavan. Okay, much better. Um, and uh, and uh, Parsha Vayetze starts with him leaving and re- ends with him with him on the way back. And Parsha Vayishlach is the story of the encounter with Esav. After all of those years, the encounter with Esav, the anticipated encounter, Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim Lafanov. And uh, the encounter which happens, the encounter with the angel of Esau, all elements, significant elements which we have discussed at different times. And the Pasuk says that the Shvachais, the maidservants, they and their children approached, lay and approached, they came to, 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 to Esau, and Esau sees all the people, and he sees the, the gifts which had been sent ahead, and uh, he's saying, no, don't give it to me. And Yaakov says, no, I want to give it to you. Please, I'm happy to give it to you. Please take my blessing that is brought to you. Because Hashem has been gracious to me and I have everything. And he prevailed upon Esav to take. And then Esav says, and this is where we're going to try to place our focus. Let us travel and let us go. I will go opposite you. This is that was Esav's proposal. love. And Yaakov says to Esav, My master knows that the children are soft, they're delicate, the sheep and, and, and cattle, they're just being nurtured, and I have to, or nurturing their young, and I have a responsibility for them. If I push them too hard one day, they'll all die. You go ahead, I can't rush. If I rush, who knows what will happen? You go ahead. I will go according to the pace of the work, meaning the property that I have with me, according to the pace of the children. Till I arrive to my master to say, Esav said, let me, let me give you some people from mine to accompany you. And Yaakov goes uh, off of that as well. Esav went on on his way to Seir, Yaakov Nosa Sukaisa, Yaakov went to Sukos, even Lobayis, he built for himself a house, for his cattle he made Sukos, therefore he called the name of the place Sukos. So that's the, that's the, um, the, the story of the disentanglement of, of Yaakov Avinu from Esav. Yaakov comes back, he meets up with Esav, he greets him, he appeases him, but he wants to be disentangling from him as, as, as soon as possible. You go ahead. No, no, don't send anybody with me. You go ahead and, uh, and I'll catch up with you eventually. Ad asher avoy el until I come to my master to, uh, to Seir. What's, um, what's, uh, what's, what's happening here? What's the, uh, the subtext? to what's going on between Yaakov and, and, uh, and Esav. Rashi says, He expanded the path 
meaning he said as if he was going to be going with him for longer, traveling longer. His intention was really only to go to Sukkot. He said, till I come to my master to say, Omar, if he has intentions to do me harm, he'll wait till I get there. I told him I'm coming. But he didn't go. He didn't go. When will he go? In the days of the Mashiach. And the Mashiach, the saviors, will ascend Hartzion to rule over the mountain of Esav. It says Rashi, he was telling Esav, wait, I'm going to come to you. Go ahead, I'm going to come to you. And what he was doing was being Marchiv This is really something what Rashi is saying is, is found in the Medrash, but it's found even in, it's found even in, the, in the Gemara. The Gemara tells the story of, um, of uh, Rabbi Akiva. The Gemara says, if he's uh, on the road with an akum, with an idol worshiper, and he's scared of him, and he says, where are you headed? He should tell him that he's going farther than he's really planning to go. Like Yaakov Avinu did to Esav. And he said, till I come to you to say Because there was a student with the students of Rabbi Akiva, they were traveling to Ksiv. And some bandits met up with them. Where are you headed? We're going to Akko, which is much further north. When they got to Ksiv, they got off the train. They said, whose students are you? The students of Akiva. Fortunate is Rabbi Akiva and his students that they never would be harmed by a bad person. In other words, that on some level they were not telling the truth. They said, we're going further. And that way they figured that the Akum will wait till it's getting close to the final destination, till he attacks them. And then they'll surprise him by leaving earlier. And we learned this idea from, uh, from uh, Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu. And uh, the Gemara goes on, to say, to say that, uh, that um, you know, a similar story happened with, uh, with uh, Rav Menashe, right, who was going to a certain place, and he also, you know, went ahead and pretended that he was going to be getting off later than he was, than he was getting off. This was the tricks which they did in order to, in order to, uh, in order to avoid, in order to avoid Asaph in order to avoid the enemies. But they really had no intention of going to where, to where they were headed. It's a nice trick, you know, clever idea that the Gemara learns from here. Um, however, there's, a, there's another layer. There's another layer, more than another layer, to what's going on in this, in this dynamic. And let's read a little bit of what's found in the Ramban. Rabbi Seinu Amru Shlehoya Biat Bidate Bidas Yaakov Loshev Derech Seir. Yaakov had no intention to go to Seir. Uritzayna Hoya Lisrachik Mimenu Kasher Yuchal. His wish was to get as far away from Esav as he possibly could. 
So he said, however, I'm, I'm going to be going further. It's a clever idea. And he's alluding to this thing which we just learned in the Gemara. And then the Medrash also says, and Rashi alluded to this as well, I'm, co- I'm going to say her, but I'm going to say her eventually, at the time of Mashiach, as it says, the saviors will ascend to rule over Haresov. The Mashiim that start off at Hartzion will eventually make it over to Haresov. So we'll get there and we will conquer them and we will conquer them eventually. <clears throat> on the other hand, on the other hand, the um, the the Ramban brings further. He says to Esav, why are you doing for me a kindness that I don't need? Let me find favor in your eyes. Don't do anything for me. Yaakov had no interest in them and in any connection to them. He was planning to walk a different path, so he didn't want them to accompany him. Then he would be stuck with them. Rabbi Seinu ro oid boze eitza. Chazal saw in this a further eitza, further counsel. Omer Rabbi Yanai, karavi soluk la malchusa avi mistakel bado parshasa, vle havi nosiv ime roimoin. He says when he went to the, to the malchus, when he went to the Romans, he would study parshas vayishlach. He would study parshas vayishlach before he went. It's a famous thing that's brought in the Medrash in a couple of places. It's well known that uh, when, when, uh, when Menachem Begin came to the United States, he studied Parshas Vayishlach. You know, he, and he didn't take with him from the Romans. One time he neglected to chazer this Parsha, to review this Parsha, and he stuck with the Romans too long. And by the time he got to Akko, he, uh, he had a problem. They had a tradition that this was the Parsha of Golus. Vayishlach is the Parsha of Golus. And so when they got to, to Rome, when they went to Rome, they went to learn from the Zokein HaChacham, the elder, wise man, Yaakov Avinu. That's how the Doros should learn. He didn't accept the company of the people of Rome to accompany him. The closeness which they do is only for their own purposes. And they would take advantage. They would make free for themselves the monies, the monies of others. So the, the Ramban is noting this, that this was their practice. And that, uh, you know, Anhoga, a, a behavior of Golus, was not to try to keep up with the Romans. It's a famous expression, right? But not to try to not not to, to try to do that. So the the gap which he's create, creating between him, on the one hand, there's a, a trick to avoid ace of causing him harm. On the other hand, he's speaking to him about an ultimate intention to come and to take the portion of Yaakov Avinu. But in the meantime, this is the derech which they learned that they didn't want to maintain. They didn't want to maintain a closeness, an association with the, with the B'nai Esav.
To take this a little further, let's look at what Rabbeinu Bachya writes. B'medrash, Nisav v'neilecha. Omar Esav liyakov, nachloi ko'elam azev o'elam abba. Esav said to Yaakov, let's share in this world and in the world to come. Omar lo Yaakov ha'ilodim rakim b'mitzvahs, v'mavor ha'olam azel l'chelkom u'tfokum yemech l'yem adin v'meisu kol atzvayim. He says, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to take my portion in this world. This is not the place where I want to, to, to go. Rather, Yavor no adayni lifnei avdoi. Yikach chelka itchila b'olam azay. You take your portion in this world. V'ni esnalo li'iti emoid b'galusi v'shiflusi. I will go on my pace. I'm happy to stay in my golos, in my exile, in my lowly station. Li'iti is to go slowly, which is a term of shiflus, of lowliness. I will not stir up wars. I will not try to show my might while I'm here in this golos. I will instead bear the yoke of bandage. That's the idea of the pace of the malacha. Till when is the shibud? Until we come to uh, to to seir. Till that that point in time. And Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar goes on to bring that this is the medrash which Rashi says that eventually someday He says, by the way, just a very interesting thing. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar brings it to Balatur and brings the same same thing. That he said, says Avo El Adoni Seira. The last letters of those four four words are Elia, like Hine Anoichi Shalei Chemes Elia Anavi. I'm sending to you Elio Anavi before Boy Hashem Hagodol Va So it's talking about the end of days. So Chazal speak about the Gemara speaks in practical instruction. Yaakov didn't want to hang around with Esav. It's not a good idea to hang around with Esav. It's not a good idea to hobnob with him and to try to rub shoulders with him. Those people in government, you have to worry about them. And that's what it's referring to when it says, Shein Makarvan Leiladam. That's a mission of Pirkeovis about watching out for the governing powers. Here, they're taking it to, he's, he's using the same phraseology for Esav who was the powerful one. And he's saying, here, let me help you. Let me be with you. And Yaakov says, you know, it's easier for me if I stay clear. It's not good for me to try to create close alliances. Who knows what will happen? Esav is a listim. He's a bandit. Esav is one who's going to try to take advantage of us. It's better to keep a safe distance. As a parenthetical note, just very, very quickly, at the beginning of Parshas Vayishlach, in the introduction of Parshas Vayishlach, the Ramban notes that Yaakov Chazal say made a mistake altogether by even reaching out to Esav to tell him that he was coming. We learn from this Parsha the things to do. Some of the things we learn from this Parsha we learn not to do. That it's not necessarily to, necessary to engage or to entangle ourselves. Sometimes it's better to just keep separate, which is... It seems the lesson which Yaakov you know, ultimately learned, or the practice which at the end he adopted, not to send for Esav, but to try to somehow beg off, beg off that association is complex. But the Ramban, but the Rabbeinu Bachya brings another thing, which we, I read to you from Chazal, and it's an idea which is found in many places in Chazal, in the Zayra Kodesh as well, that it says that the idea of Yaakov Avinu saying, you go ahead, 
is that Yaakov Avinu is not in a rush to try to change his situation here. Esav, go ahead. Esav, you will have things first before I will have them. In the fundamental division which Yaakov and Esav made between Olam Hazeh and Olam Haba, between this world and the next, that Esav claimed firmly that his portion would be the Olam Hazeh, this world. And Yaakov Avinu would say, no, I'm not a creature of this world. I'm going to take Olam Haba, you take Olam Hazeh, I'll take Olam Haba. There Yaakov Avinu is saying, you go first, I will wait. Yaakov Avinu is exhibiting the ultimate patience. It doesn't have to happen now. It can happen eventually. You go ahead, and I will eventually follow behind. We know, of course, that this has been the practice of Yaakov Avinu since they came out of their mother, where Esav went first, and Yaakov was Yodai Echeses Ba'kev Esav. He's holding on to the heel of Esav, to the very end of Esav, the idea being that Yaakov Avinu will arise after Esav is finished, after Esav is done. Esav goes first. And the hesitation here is to try to simultaneously be with him. So yes, on the one hand, we don't want to hang around with him. That's part of the implication of, the, of what Yaakovina is trying to do. I want to keep the safe distance. But the safe distance isn't just, I'm not going to go to Rome to hobnob with the Romans. The idea is that I don't need to make my claim now in the world. I can make my claim ultimately, ultimately, in the Elam Haba, in a world to come, in a future world. I'll get to Adoni Seira. When will I get to Adoni Seira? When will I get to, mas- to my master to Seir? At the end of time. At the end of time, you could be there. You'll be there for now. You'll be there for a while. You know, we say this Pasuk, besides saying it as the last Pasuk of the Haftairah, of Parshas Vayishlach, because it's the last pasuk of the Navi Ovadia, which is what we read in its entirety for the Haftorah of Parshas Vayishlach. We also we say it every day. Many people say it every day. It's printed in the Siddur every day. After we say the Shiras Hayam, the Song of the Sea, about the Gaul of Klal Yisrael from Mitzrayim, we end, what's the last words of the Shiras Hayam? Hashem yimlech lo'elam vo'ed. Hashem will rule lo'elam vo'ed for all time. Kivosus pare v'ichwe v'roshav ha'yom v'yoshav alayim Hashem alayim esmeyam. When Paro comes with his chariots into the sea, Hashem turns over to them the sea. Right? And then, what do we say? Ki l'Hashem amlucho Moshe v'agoyim for Hashem is the kingdom. He will rule over the nations and the Moshiim, the saviors, will come to Haritzion and they will go to rule over Haraisov. Now, here we have Psukim from Parshas Peshalach, and here we have Psukim from the Navi Ovadia. And then we say, And Hashem will be king over the entire earth. On that day, Hashem will be one, and His name will be one. That's the end. That's the end. In, in, in Meforshim, it says that the reason why we put those Psukim there in the Siddur is because we're saying, Hashem Yimloch. Hashem will rule. We're alluding to what will happen at the end of time. When Yaakov catches up to Esav and overtakes Esav, it's at the end of time. It's at the end of time. Before that, not. We know, for instance, that the great heir 
although in a certain sense he's the non-Erev Esav, because he's one of the children of the concubines, and he's not Zochet to the Yerusha of Esav, but in a certain sense we know that the great representation of Esav in this world is someone named Amalek. Who's, what's Amalek referred to as? Reishis Goyim. Reishis Goyim Amalek. Amalek is the first of nations. And his end is to destruction, is to utter destruction. The end of Amalek is to utter destruction. What does it mean, Reishis Goyim? So you all know that Chazal say he's called the first nation because he was the first one to come to fight the Jewish people after Yitzias Mitzrayim. After Kriyas Yamsuf, after Kriyas Yamsuf, he still came. He still came to come and to fight the Jewish people. Reishis Goyim Amolek. He's the first of the nations. That is the characteristic of Amolek. But it's not just that he's the first one to fight the Jewish people. His claim is for the immediate. He wants the immediate. Esav comes out first. Esav's derech is to have right up front. Chazal tell us, not Chazal, it's really the Pasuk. Esav was called Esav. Why? The Torah says. Esav means complete. He was born complete. He had hair all over him, something which is usually a sign of maturity. Yaakov was an Ishcholok. He was smooth-skinned. He didn't have hair. He, he wasn't developed in that way. Why? What's the difference? Because Esav is about I need it already. Yaakov Avinu is about the eventual. It can mature, it can grow. Eventually, he will have something. Eventually, he will have it. That's the contrast between the two of them. And it's a mindset for a person to be able to say, like Yaakov Avinu, that I don't need it now. It can wait for a truer world. You want it now, you go ahead. And it's, again, it's not just the side-by-side association I'm going to be together with Esav. It's occupying the same world of reward that the person will say, it's not, this is not where it's at. And Rabbeinu Bachya wrote the idea being, again, that I'm not going to try to stir up wars. I'm not going to try to be overpowering in the Golos at all. It's his time. It's his day. In Yerz Hashem, our day will come. This is the general rule, and it's what colors really the whole parsha. When Yaakov Avinu is willing to bow down to Esav, so we've explained at different times the beginning of Parshas Vayishlach. Yaakov Avinu is coming home. So what does he do? He sends a message to Esav. Rashi explains the message. He says, "You know." You're my master, Esav. Those brachas that I stole from my father, what did they say? They said, I'll be a master over you. I'm not a master over you. You're my master, Esav. I'm sending you gifts. I'm bowing down to you. So said your servant, Yaakov. I lived with Lavan as a stranger. I had sheep and cattle. Shorva chamor, ox, donkeys, sheep and cattle. Tzayin ve'evet, sheep and servants. Says Rashi, you know, when my father blessed me, he said I would have the dew of the heavens and the fat of the land. That means agriculture. I don't have agriculture. I'm the same kind of shepherd that Yaakov was, that the others were before. I don't have any of those things. It's not worth it for you for, to despise me over the brachas that I took because they haven't been fulfilled. 
That's what Yaakov you know, says to Esav. So tell me something. Is that the truth? Yaakov you know, is realizing now that that whole thing that he did in order to get the brachas, what a waste of time. He shouldn't have listened to his mother. He risked being cursed, and he didn't get anything from it. Chas heaven forbid, of course he knew that the brachas were real. But for Esav, he had to show him and to say to him, they're real, but they're not now. Even the brachos which I received from my father, which they will one day be mine, but they're not mine now. And Esav doesn't mind, as long as Yaakov Avinu doesn't take it now. Esav wants the now. Yaakov doesn't want the now. He wants the eventual. So he says, what, you're going to resent me? You're going to hate me for the brachos? You're fine for now. Everything is okay now. You have, you have what you want. You have what you seek. I'm bowing down to you. The posture of Yaakov Avinu is bakeve sov. You go ahead. You can have what you want now. I am as patient as can be. I will wait until the end. At the end will be my time. Yaakov. He will be there at the end of at the end of time. That's the Nechama, the not just the comfort of Yaakov Avinu, but that's what Yaakov Avinu wants. He wants the eventual. He doesn't want the, the immediate. Esav sold the Bechorah in their first encounter outside of the womb that the Torah tells us about. Esav sold the Bechorah, he sold the birthright, right? Why? For a bowl of soup. So whatever the interpretations, and we, you know, we, we've learned together different ideas, interpretations of the Parsha. But the, Esav says, look, you know, that's off in the future. Today I'm dying. Today I need my bowl of soup. Give me my bowl of soup from today. I'm happy to trade away the futures. I want the present. And Yaakov Avinu buys the Bechaira. He buys the destiny. He buys the future. And for that, he's happy to forego the present. A Jew, like Yaakov Avinu, he says, has to be comfortable, beshiflus, has to be comfortable to be lonely, has to be comfortable to bow down to Esav, and to give him gifts, and to say, you're my master, and to let him go ahead. Because if that's what Esav needs now, it's okay. Let him have it. The Jew sits confident that in the end, they'll be in the good place. They don't have to be misgaber in the, at the time of the golos. I'm not going to stir up war. I'm not going to try to make myself strong in the golos. It can wait. It can wait. Now, what I just said to you is something which, of course, many people have a hard time with. We want to be powerful. We want to be assertive. We want to have Haramas Karen Yisrael, a raising of the profile, of the pride of the Jewish people. And it's, a, it's of course, it's a difficult thing to see Yaakov Avinu bowing down to Esav. It's a difficult thing for Yaakov Avinu to say, 
these are the rules of this world. They're difficult rules that cause me that I have to bow down in deference you know, to this man, to this Russia. But it's the derech that we learn from Yaakov Avinu. It's the way and the path that we learn from Yaakov Avinu. There was one exception to this rule. There was one exception to this rule where we learn about where Yaakov and Esau were able to have things simultaneously. And that's something which was also alluded to earlier in the Torah. Shnei goyim bevitnech, two nations are inside of you. The way it's spelled in the Torah is shnei geyim bevitnech, it's two great ones. Zu Antoninus v'Rebi. It refers to Antoninus and Rebbe that we were both greats at the same time. We believe Antoninus was Marcus Aurelius, right, the great Roman who was a great friend of Rebbe, Rabbi Yudah Nasi. And both of them had on their tables vegetables throughout the seasons. Normally people could only have something seasonally. They were wealthy people. They were always able to get. They were always able to have. They had Snein and Chazeres never stopped, not be Moisachama, not be Moisachshonim, neither in the summertime nor in the wintertime, in the, rainy, in the rainy season. It was a sign of their, of their great wealth. And it was a sign of their great wealth, simultaneous with their great partnership. And it was a great partnership because Antoninus wanted to be with Rebbe. He wanted to be with Rebbe. Now, Esau wanted to be with Yaakov. That's what we have over here. Let's travel together. Let me send some people, some people with you. But Esav's willingness to be with Yaakov came as a result of Yaakov Avinu bowing down to Esav. He bowed down to him. He deferred to him. He gave him gifts. So Esav said, hmm, Yaakov Avinu is not being assertive to me, so I would love for Yaakov Avinu to be with me. If Yaakov Avinu is going to come with me and he's going to be subordinate to me, below me, you know, maybe I'll even say I'm going to offer to serve him, to take care of him. Does that make Yaakov the master and Esau the servant? No. The kind of help which he was sending was the patronizing help, not the deferential help. Esau wasn't sending a help of deference to Yaakov Avinu. He was saying, poor guy, let me take care of you. I'll send some of my people to accompany you. It was a chivalrous act. It wasn't a deferential. It wasn't a deferential act. When Esau senses that Yaakov Avinu is deferring to him, then what Esau wants to do is he wants Esau to he wants Yaakov to come with him, and to come with him deferentially, because then what that means is that Yaakov is buying into Esau's world a world which is Esav's, which is controlled by Esav, and I don't mean politically, I mean in terms of the ethos of the world, in terms of everything that the world is about. Esav leads there, and Yaakov Avinu is, is going ahead for Yaakov Avinu to say, no, Esav, you lead, but you go ahead, I don't even want to be along with you. You're right, this is wor- your world. It's your world now, according to the way you think, according to the way you do, and I will... Hang back, I'm in no rush to have this. The time that I will come to you is going to be the time when I'm going to be strong and I'm going to be able to control you. Now, 
where you set the tone, I don't want to come. I don't want to have a part of it. In the case of Antoninus Verebi, Chazal tell us that the way it worked was that Antoninus wanted to learn Torah from Rebbe. When he went with Rebbe, he wasn't coming to be patronizing towards Rebbe. He wasn't patronizing at all. The Gemara goes so far, tells amazing stories about how dedicated Antoninus was to the opportunity to study with Rebbe. But it goes so far as to say that when Rebbe needed to get onto his bed or off of his bed, Antoninus wanted to lie down on the floor and serve as the little step, the step stool for, for Rebbe to get on and off his bed. And, and Rebbe didn't want to use him for that. Antoninus was a king. It didn't seem right to him to use the, the Malchus to that extent, to use a king to that extent. And Antoninus said back, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I could be the sheet that you lie upon in the Elam Haba in the world to come. There, it wasn't Yaakov Avinu hanging around with Esau. It wasn't Yaakov Avinu trying to catch up to Esau that the two of them were there together. It was, they both had it at the same time, and they both had it because Antoninus was getting it from Rebbe and not vice versa. It was a society which was controlled by Yaakov Avinu. In terms of its ethos, they came after him. They wanted. The Hiskabrus and the Hisairus Lemelchama, the awakening and the stirring for battle, which Yaakov Avinu avoids and says, I can wait. I'm in no rush. I'll accept Shiflus. I'll accept a more lowly stature in this world. That posture of Yaakov Avinu is there when the only way he can catch up to Esav is where Esav is, where Esav is determining his way, where Esav is doing his thing and Yaakov Avinu is trying to get a piece of it. And on that he says, I don't need to let this world, let this frame of reference belong completely and totally to Esav. In the story of Antoninus Verebi, it was reversed. Esav wanted a piece of Yaakov's world Yaakov was the standard setter. Yaakov set the tone. It was Yaakov's olam habo, it was Yaakov's world to come that they were after. And that was what Antonino sought to partner with and to have some kind of a connection to. Why are we saying this? It is good, very, very good for a person to learn patience, to learn to understand that olam hazeh is not the object of the pursuit of a person. What's here, down here, is not the object of pursuit of the person. That we gave to Esav. He wants what's here. He wants what's in front of him. The Jew has to understand, has to live for an underwelt, for a different world. He has to live for something which is there in the future, something which doesn't necessarily come, come now. Hashem yimlech le'elam vo'ed. Hashem will rule for eternity. All those psukim that speak about the eventual, about the end of days, a Jew believes that there is such a thing, that there is a purpose, that and in the end, when everything is finished, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will rule alone in the awesome fact fashion, the achriso adeoved, in the end Esav will be lost, Amalek will be lost, and the truth will reign supreme, and HaKadosh Baruch will have the right things, 
the Jewish people in the right place. That patience, that emuna is fundamental. But it's more than just being patient and saying, look, I can put up with it when I don't have it. It's that to try to chase after the Esav in this, in this world, to try to associate with Esav, yes, the person ends up that it's melasteim, the person. It's melasteim. When you say, you know, I'm going much further, I'm going much further, and then we get off earlier, right? So the ace of things, he's going to be molesting him in the end. The person thinks that I'm trying, this is what I want to get there, I want to get to where you are. But the truth is, I don't want to get to where you are. I'm getting off earlier. I'm getting off earlier. This is not, I don't share the same, to me it's a different destination. There's a different destination that the person is supposed to have, that the person works to try to, to, to achieve. In our Parsha, Parsha's Vayishlach, when Yaakov Inu comes to encounter Esav, we see him saying, nothing is mine, everything belongs to you, Esav. False. Yaakov hopes for the end. He yearns for the end. He knows there's going to be a time in the end when he will, when he will have it, when he will, when he will prevail. But he does nothing and indicates nothing of an interest to be now here in Esau's world. Because to the extent that he shows that desire, he buys into something which is an entirely different, an entirely different world of values, an entirely different world of values. The Jew who feels that they have to be muscular and strengthen themselves and show our, our hand here in this world, here now, he runs the risk. He runs the risk of trying to keep pace with Esav. With Esav. Trying to keep pace with, 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 with something that's really of a whole different dimension, a whole different a, 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 a whole different, an entirely different orientation. You know that at the end of this section, when Esav is going off to Seir, it says, Yaakov traveled to Sukkot. Even Lebayis, he built for himself a house, for his cattle he made Sukkot, and therefore he called the name of the place Sukkos. Now this pasuk is famously, this is where we learn about Sukkos in the Torah. And we come to a Sukkos also at a different point later. The, the Yom Tov of Sukkos is associated with Yaakov Avinu because, because of this pasuk. And when we think about this pasuk, when we think about the context that we just learned about here, now, the idea being that a person, that Yaakov, you know, said, I don't need it here. I don't need it now. Emir Hashem, I will have it eventually. Esav, I'm not trying to go along with you. I'm not trying to keep up with you. You go ahead. You go ahead. You take your thing. My world is the eventual. In the greatest sense, of course, when we go out from our diras keva, from our lasting home, our permanent home in this world, and on Sukkot we go and we live instead in a diras arai, 
in a temporary dwelling. There's a big statement in that. And the, you know, the, 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 the statement is that the rootedness of a person here in this world is, is not so. That's not the, the, the object. That's not where the person is trying to be. We see our stay here as something which is temporary. And our definition, our destination, is rather something else and someplace else. The difference between Eilam Hazer and the Eilam Haba. I, I, I want to, to, you know, to wrap up, but the, the different possibilities of the dynamic, the way this is being conveyed to us by the psukim, by Chazal, the way this comes across, is you know, we live in a world where there's so much in terms of what's present here that's materially achievable, in terms of what a person can have, resources, finances, stature, significance. There's so many of these things in this world. And Yaakov Avinu's great strength that he demonstrates here is to say, I'm willing to give all of that to you, Esav. I'm willing to give all of that to you, Esav. I don't need it there will come a time when it will be mine. But it will be mine not because I've chased after it, not because I've pursued it, not because it is what I want. For Yaakov Avinu to seek to have Esau's world causes Yaakov Avinu to upend who he is. The one time when Yaakov Avinu can co-occupy it is when Esau is busy trying to catch up to Yaakov. When Antoninus is busy trying to catch up to catch up to Rebbe. There has to be, we have to have for ourselves a confidence in what we are supposed to hold as our values. Not to be running after that of somebody else. Not to define success or significance by those other measures. But only by that which is lasting and true. Only by that which is Really, v'haisa la'ashem hamalucha, that the kingdom could could be there to belong to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Reish is goyim amolik v'achri sayadei aved. This is the uh, this is this is the idea that I wanted to to share. It's hard in a world where so many values glare at us. The patience for the end is, a, is, a, is, is the biggest thing. The patience for what the ultimate tachlis, tachlis, masay shamayim v'oretz, the purpose of it all, the ultimate goal, that a person should always keep it in front of them and understand that it's there in Mirz Hashem, what it is that we have to wait for. And at that time, we worry about a world, a world which in which Ace of reigns supreme, 
we understand that ultimately, ultimately, are the words of Esav. I'm headed towards oblivion. Esav understands he'll be gone before the ultimate truth of the world comes to bear. It's for us to be patient. It's for us to focus on that which is the portion, which is the legacy, and meant to be the ultimate chilek of Yaakov Avinu. May we grab onto it, may we value it and cherish it, and be zaychemir to Hashem to see the time when the rest of the world comes running to us for it to be able to have it from us as well.